it was July of 21 when Speaker Nancy Pelosi insisted that a president does not have the power for debt forgiveness. Fast forward to August 22 and President Biden, using the guise of a pandemic crisis, issues a student loan handout that will cost taxpayers billions of dollars. Attorney, professor, and runner for Lieutenant Governor of Maryland, Giordano Schiavonelli, will explain what a fascist America looks like. And then Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt orders the release of a heavily redacted search warrant affidavit. Is this another chapter of In Search of a Crime? Or was the FBI warranted to raid Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago? Attorney and former federal prosecutor Sidney Powell will take us through the process and also talk about her op-ed on the America Outlaw platform. Democrats allege the same fraud in 2004 as Republicans in 2020. America's election system is broken. Viewpoint this Sunday is next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news. Providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Aloud here. A lot of big stories to cover today on the program, my fellow Americans, but I want to start right in the heat of this uh, big story on the uh, education. There are so many questions about this, including did the president really have the authority to do any of this? Uh, and, uh, you know, the other big, well, it, uh, you say elephant in the room, but it's really a, a donkey, a jackass um, in the room is um, well, we can't afford it, that's for sure, as a country goes. But isn't this really another version of socialism at this point? Does this, I mean, call it what you want, but is this potentially the appetizer to uh, so socialism? Uh, let's start right there in the heat of that and welcome on uh, Jordana Schifanelli is here. Uh, she's an attorney and adjunct professor of law and economics at the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, uh, Maryland. Uh, she's been a strong voice in the education field as well. She has just, and we will talk about it today, she has... Uh, uh, had victory in the primary and uh, is running with Dan Cox. Uh, wow, for governor and lieutenant governor of uh, the great state of Maryland. Uh, so this is going to be quite something, a freedom first platform and uh, real exciting times for Jordana. Welcome to Viewpoint this Sunday, Jordana. Thank you for having me. All right. It's awesome to always have you. So this gets us started. Let's talk about, well, let, let me get right into this with uh, Nancy Pelosi said in July of 21, the House uh, Speaker said, uh, President Biden does not have the executive authority to issue debt forgiveness. And, and, and here's her exact words. And, and I quote here, people think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That has to be an act of Congress, Pelosi said. This was at a press conference uh, that year in July. 
Um, she said the president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. Now, this is the speaker. <laughs> I was putting that out there. Uh, not everyone realizes that. Well, obviously, they don't realize it at this point anyways, because they don't want to. But the president can only postpone delay, but not forgive. So she makes those comments and then <laughs> they wave a magic wand. And the president does exactly what she said under some uh, code of the fact we're in a pandemic crisis. What do you make of this? As everything that's been going on in our country, as I said before, uh, when I was on your show, uh, this is a path to not just socialism and communism, but in my mind, it is a path to fascism. We are already in a socialist state with a socialist ideology that is prevalent in our society. So what I can say is that Nancy Pelosi is saying one thing when it's convenient at one point, the other thing when it's convenient, the other point. Both of these statements are are just a political stunt. Mm. What the president has done and what the Democrats in Congress have done to our nation and our economy is literally was specifically intended to destroy it. They start brainwashing kids pre-K and kindergarten now, and they've started that long time ago. Now they're at the upper education. Now they're forgiving something that's not theirs to forgive in the first place. In fact, my husband was paying off his student loan 20 years from now. And I believe the Maryland State Attorney General has finally sued Naviant or uh, the uh, student loan lenders who have been applying uh, compounding interest rate. So you have someone like my husband who's been paying his law school for the last 20 something years, and he still owes the exact amount of thing, of money that he borrowed 20 something years ago. It was a perpetual scam on students. Mm. It was never supposed to be done in a way that some private lending companies would profiteer from federal Sally May loans. All of this is that's been going on in our country, everything from Sally Mae through Freddie Mac in 2008. If your listeners remember financial collapse right. when Nancy Pelosi was flopping around Senate saying everybody needs to you bail out, bail out. Who are we bailing out? Failed lenders. Now we are bailing out students or people who borrowed money for degrees that cannot be profitable or cannot be uh, sustainable. Everything that we are doing is with specific intent to destroy our country. And I cannot be more vocal about this. Mm. We have to put, push a reset, restart, do something to get us back on track, or we will be for completely forever uh, gone in the wrong direction, well, and we will, we will lose our country. Well, let me ask you this uh, with your husband. Now, would, would he be entitled to this, uh, to this uh, payout? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, there's I really don't think don't even know why, because it's this income random. Like these are the things that like you throw out of your hat and whatever it sticks. So whatever the income level might be, is it the gross income? Is it the nest? We don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars in income, especially since I'm funding my campaign pretty much out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And I am driving everywhere throughout the great state of Maryland, promoting freedom message. Uh, with Dan Cox. So I, I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't, I mean, I'm not Nancy Pelosi. We are not doing <laughs> insider trading with, like her husband's doing. My husband and math numbers are, do not go to, well together. So I am not sure that we would ever qualify. And again, people that are working hard, 
trying to make a living, they will not be, you know, you know, they're not forgiven. I mean, they will be paying off. And I think uh, Brian Frosch in the great state of Maryland has actually sued some of these lenders who engaged in uh, unauthorized and unethical and fraudulent practices to collect on uh, from uh, people who have been paying off their student loan. I think that's a federal lawsuit. Uh, and I really don't know right yeah. now where it's standing uh, at this point. Well, but there's so much going on with it. Uh, so, Jordana, you, you mean you don't have one of those uh, wide uh, load um, aluminum, beautifully, uh, what, half a million dollar refrigerators with uh, stock with ice cream? You, mean you don't have that? No, I don't. Oh, I'm disappointed. <laughs> oh, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, oh. we don't. Okay. All right. So let me, let me also remind listeners, or, well, actually, let me have you remind listeners, actually, Jordana, uh, that uh, when you talk about, when you make these comments, I want people to understand how heartfelt this is. When you, when you, when you make these comments about uh, socialism, communism, uh, fascism, um, you know, this is not just some random comments that are being made. This is somebody people need to understand. And if you haven't heard Jordana before, you have to understand she comes from that world. Jordana, just take a, a real quick moment and tell people why you say that and where you come from, please. So I come from Yugoslavia, a country that no longer exists. And it was a federal, federal like the United States, he had six separate independent states. Here we have 50. But it, it's, it was built on a similar principle. You know, each state is, is independent to a, to a certain point. And then the federal government takes over. And uh, right after World War II, that was created. You know, it was a socialist country. It was a non-aligned country. It wasn't part of East Bloc. It wasn't part of, of, of NATO. But it was a non-aligned, independent, neutral. However, the the, the politics and the, the economy was socialist. And what I mean by that was everything was dictated from the center of the of the federal of the federal center, which means who's producing, what's been produced, how much, what are the prices, how much you earn. What do you learn in school? It, and at that time, that was that was a big deal. Now, in those countries, right after World War II, mm -hmm. um, we did not have wokeism in school. So our education right. was phenomenal. However, the there is no sustainable future for any country that goes into a totalitarian one. So are you system. seeing those signs right now in our country, in America? Oh, yeah, it's everywhere. It's one party system. It's like the Democrats are running. the. There's no separation of powers, which is exactly what the framers mm. wanted us to do. Right. The Democrat legislatures are embedded with the executive office, Biden, embedded. And then they're screaming, screaming murder for the Supreme Court right. and right. trying to pack the court, trying to destroy right. the right. independence of the judiciary. All this needs to go back and be reset and oh. fixed. Um, all right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So with all of this said, so everybody has a sense now of your background and where that passion comes from when we talk about these words uh, that they're not just being thrown out there, but you've experienced this in your own life, which is where the passion comes from, because you see our beloved America and what has taken place here in our country. Now, with all this said, so the, all right, so Pelosi makes the comment, big story, just what about a year ago, but they do it anyways. He's doing it under the guise of that this is under a COVID pandemic emergency. Uh, so it's just because that's the loophole in there uh, that because he doesn't have that privilege or right to do it, but only in some massive state of emergency, which we are clearly not in. They've tried to uh, you know, perpetuate that 
state of emergency and pandemic, to be sure. Uh, but I think every American knows that's not where we're at at all. Jordana, we're also talking about bankrupting a nation. Uh, our debt right now is approaching $31 trillion, and that's not even counting all the pennies they're still spending. Uh, and so, but it's well over $31 trillion. We're now coming into saying this. We've been warning on this for years now, years and years and years. We've been talking about these moments when it surpassed 15 and 20 trillion. And now the percentage in cost and back to where our GDP is. Is it, we're taking on uh, really a, a tsunami of debt that we're not going to be able to uh, uncover ourselves. The White House is not saying how they're going to pay for this. They 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 are refusing to say because they don't have those answers to give the ten and twenty thousand to every debt uh, holder of this. Uh, and the National Taxpayers Union Foundation issued an analysis early this week estimating that if the student loan handout adds nearly will adds 330 billion is what they're saying. Of course, the estimates they're saying will be five, six hundred billion. But, you know, they always do this low, Jordana. You know, that's how they start off. So if it was 330 uh, uh, billion to add it to the deficit over the next decade, uh, a budget model by the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School uh, says the average cost per taxpayer is over $2,000. This is the per taxpayer now. Uh, And the the Committee for a Responsible Budget puts the cost of the handout, again, between 450 and 600 billion. Uh, We're talking this is going to cost everybody across the board big, big dollars. So we don't have the money for this to begin with. But it also shows an irresponsibility. The president should have made should not have made this decision to begin with. Even if it was a decision we were going to make, it should have been proper legislation was not uh, because it wouldn't have passed, obviously. All of this is set up now, uh, Jordana, uh, as another failed attempt. But it's like everything in our country, though. Back to your socialism, fascism comment. Once you give a little bit, you can't take it away anymore. This is what this constantly happens on the Marxist left. It's a problem now, isn't it? Absolutely. It is intended to destroy. And Mm. the question that everybody keep asking, why do you want to destroy this freedom? The reason they want to destroy it because it is because they want to turn it into a global, global socialist enterprise where only few elitists will rule other people from the centers of influence. It's almost like expansion of the United Nations role, except it would be done through the World Economic Forum, where only few elitists will know exactly what you're doing what your child's doing or going, they are going to create a database with using technology. They're going to microchip us or, and, or use technology in a different manner to threat us and our habits so that they can control access to funds, access to money. And it's amazing to me to see the pattern of destruction because if you go to 1950s, there's an old video that talks about this communist takeover. And they say, from the ashes of the old system being the system upon which our constitution and bill of rights was created. So upon the ashes of this that system, the new world order will rise. This is where we are heading. I can't be more clear. It happened in, through history. It's problematic that people don't actually learn history. They go right. to school, it, they brain them, they, they, and they are dumbing them down with the, yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Because yeah. if people can think, they would rebel. 
They don't want mm. smart wow. population, wow. right? They wow. want someone to be controlled and led like a, mm. you know, sheep yeah. to the slaughter. Yeah. So yeah. we have to wake up. That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, you always make so much sense. I think people can relate to the fact of how you connect the dots uh, is is uh, is an inspiration, really, Jordana, uh, to all of us here. Now, uh, that was a very interesting analysis, uh, my fellow Americans, not just on what's wrong. I mean, the deep dive we just did on why this education uh, payoff and giveaway is uh, wrong for us. I, we just spelled out multiple reasons, but in the bigger scope of what it's doing to our nation uh, is is serious. And that was really the point I was hoping to make. And boy, we sure made it right now in the opening sequence of Viewpoint. Now, let me tell you what we're going to do here in just a moment here. Now, Jordana Cipinelli, she'll be back with us a little bit later on the program. And I'm going to talk to her about, uh, she's an attorney, obviously. I've got to talk about this affidavit and some of the things that went on to Mar-a-Lago and the FBI and some of the corruption there. Um, but uh, as we move the program along as well, another famous um, woman attorney will be joining us, and that is Sydney Powell will be on in just a moment here. And, and we'll dive into a whole lot with her on the FBI and other matters. And also this collusion with big tech. You see this collusion with big tech and the uh, the Facebook. And, of course, we know Twitter as well. They all are. Uh, and uh, about the 2020 election. But they keep saying nothing to look at here, nothing to look at here. And, of course, we know there is plenty to look at there. And now, before we pa pause just a moment here, let me just remind all of our listeners that, listen, very simply, there are four things you can do to keep your family safe. And this is our focus here at America Out Loud. And number one, take Immune Super Boost from Healthy Cell. Immune Super Boost. And the reason I say that is because it's got vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. All of the products at Healthy Cell are amazing. Now, this is a micro gel. So a little package. You can put it right in your mouth and put it in water. And it's fantastic. It tastes good as well. It's a berry taste. The main thing is these things are good for you. And you need to have a healthy immune system for any sort of virus or influenza or SARS-CoV-2 or whatever it is. Superbug that's headed our way. So that's number one there. Second thing is Copix RX, uh, which is the nasal hygiene you put in your nasal and it kills the pathogens in, before it gets in your respiratory tract and your lungs. And so that's another one is uh, Copix RX. I can't stress the importance of the nasal hygiene. Those two products, you use the code out loud and you get 20% off with America Out Loud. And those banner ads, sponsored partnerships are right back at America Out Loud. You'll see them right on the front page, friends. So go look at those. Uh, the other thing, the other nasal hygiene I want to mention briefly is Clear, X-L-E-A-R, which is, again, nasal hygiene, but it's made with xylitol, whereas the Cofix is made with uh, povidine iodine. They're both terrific products, but I, I want you to look at the research and the data and make the decision that's best for you. Clear, by the way, is available in pharmacies and drugstores and uh, grocery stores all over our country. They're a terrific company. Um, the other one, Genesis H-O-C-L, and that's with the fogger. That puts uh, kills all the things in the ear, which is where these things live, uh, and it helps you breathe clean air. There's a free ebook. Just click that link back at America Out Loud, and our listeners get 15% off that fogger. By the way, it's incredible. The fourth thing is turn off all the media, scary headlines. 
Get rid of all the garbage out there in your life. By God, that'll add years to your life and give you a healthier immune system in itself. Uh, and listen to people who speak the out loud truth. Uh, we're going to take just a quick pause. We'll be back with Jordana Schifanelli just a little bit ahead here on the program. And up next, Sydney Powell. Uh, you're listening to Viewpoint this Sunday. spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America out loud. Now we invite you friends to invest some of your time with our magnificent family of experts, their minds and voices. It's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. We are the vision of the voices. You can email us at talk at AmericaOutloud.com. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm out now here, yours truly, and uh, thank you again, my fellow Americans. Always a privilege to be with you. Really, our goal and mission is liberty and justice for all, and getting the out loud truth out to our fellow Americans. So, well, let's dive into some of that right now. I've got a lot to cover in this next uh, segment here, and we're going to start with uh, the well, the the, the affidavit, the uh, search warrant affidavit, if you will, uh, and uh, that was released and heavily redacted as we knew it would be. The length of it was a surprise to many, of course. But but here's the question you all are wondering, or, or maybe you're not wondering, you already know the answer. I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to ask Sydney in just a moment here. Is this another chapter of In Search of a Crime, which we surely have seen a history of, or was the FBI warranted to raid uh, Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago. And joining us now on the program is Sidney Powell, attorney, a former federal prosecutor, and a big voice for America and uh, election security, to be sure. And an interesting article that Sidney, I'll tell you about in a little bit here, and she puts it out there, and I think you'll be pleased because as I was saying to her coming on here, she doesn't play partisan politics really out more for the truth, the out loud truth, and I, I surely appreciate that. That question, Sydney, I asked right there, and, and it's, it's a fair question, I, I'm not again, with everything being what it is, is this another chapter in search of a crime in your opinion, or was the FBI warranted to raid, I mean, we've never seen anything like this, warrant, raid in a uh, former president's home for that matter. There is no way it was justified in raiding the president's home. The Obama regime and O'Biden regime, as I call it, uh, long ago weaponized the uh, FBI and the internal government agencies against the American people. 
And this is the ultimate ramification and, and abuse of that process. President yeah, it, had every right to declassify whatever he wanted to keep whatever he wanted declassified. He also had uh, the ultimate security. I mean, the, the, the government still provides uh, security for him and his possessions and papers for the very reason that he still is entitled to be kept up to date on security matters. And there's nothing about it that was justified. Your point there about uh, everybody needs to understand, and I touched up front of the program on this, there's a, um, the the president has the authority completely, 100%, to declassify or classify anything. That's a privilege the president clearly has. With all this known and whatever he took out of there, and there's a history of this with former presidents, by the way, City, this is not a new thing where this dispute has come up after a president has left office. In fact, the Justice Department said, Sidney, that it had probable cause of obstruction. But they say, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what they, yeah, for real. They, let me read you this. This is what they said, and then you 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 tell me what this means here. They said, the, this is the Justice Department now, says it, and, and this is weird. It says it believed it could find evidence. Well, that answers my question, I guess I asked. But they said, and I quote, further, there is probable cause to believe that additional documents that contain classified NDI uh, or that our presidential records subject to uh, record uh, retention requirements currently remain at the premises. This is this is the FBI now. There is also probable cause to believe that evidence of obstruction will be found at the premises. How do you, what do you mean? It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> uh, remember the Steele dossier and the whole Russia hoax? Yeah. This ranks right along with that. What what becomes of this right now? Because the affidavit that was released, Sydney, uh, it was heavily, heavily, we knew it would be redacted. I guess that's pretty normal, but they were like 38 pages. And the size of it caught a lot of, a lot of legal experts said the size was uh, very unusual. You don't usually get a search warrant affidavit that's like 38 pages long. What do you make of all that? The, the same thing I made of the Steele dossier. I forgot how many pages it was and how many different sections it came in. It was all smoke tied with bailing wire. And that's what this is, too. I'm sure there's not a single firsthand allegation of of wrongdoing in that affidavit. They just make up crap and throw it to see what sticks against the wall. This wasn't casually done. I mean, they looked they knew by Raiden, a president's home, this was going to be a, a really a huge step. But it's also going to change the future, Sydney, because now in the future, What's going to stop them from raiding anybody's home for any reason, any former president or any former uh, whatever politician, right? Yes. Well, if the FBI DOJ wasn't going to raid the home of Hillary Clinton to get the server she had in her bathroom that was carrying top secret, complete, (laughs) you know, the highest level of security clearance stuff and known to be hacked by foreign agents, then this is beyond preposterous. Why do you think Trump didn't go after? I, we know probably why he didn't, but should he have gone after her more so? Because he, the, the evidence was all there for her to be prosecuted to some level, yet he turned the other way and said he was trying to move the country forward. Was that, I mean, really true? Fair question. Was that the right strategy or should he have lowered the hammer? With, with the exception of the government's motion to dismiss the charges against General Flynn during the Trump administration, I would say the Trump Department of Justice was a complete failure to enforce the rule of law. How do we ever get that Justice Department back? Because it's long, long down the road now. How do we get it back? 
it is long down the road. You know, I wrote my book, License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice, and published in 2014, and it's only gotten worse since then. And some of the people named in my book as villains are, one of them is now number two in the Justice Department. So it's just been a, a revolving door of former corrupt Enron task prosecutors in and out of the Department of Justice for the last 20 years. This is one of the biggest problems I talk to listeners all about is these government agencies that have gone rogue. Uh, and they're all over the place. It's every one of them has, has gone rogue. And actually, it's tipping the scales of power in Washington, Sydney, isn't it? Yes, they've all become enforcement arms for the leftist, socialist, communist, Democratic Party, whatever whatever it is. They're just enforcement arms of, of leftist politics. So if that's all the case, I mean, honestly and truly, I mean, it, listen to what we're saying. And this is widespread throughout the Beltway and throughout the government. I mean, is it a lost cost at this point? I mean... How do you put that back in the bottle? Or are we just screwed? I can't ever think it's a lost cause. I have to think the resilience and determination and spirit of the true American people who know why this country was founded, why our forefathers died in the Revolutionary War and uh, World War One and World War Two to, to fight for freedom will keep the American spirit alive and will retake this country precinct by precinct, county by county, get rid of the voting machines that are so corrupt mm -hmm. and falsify the results of elections and, and take the country back for we the people. Right now, looking at things here coming up on the midterm elections, do you think there's any success from these people in keeping Trump off the ballot in 2024? Because it appears he's going to run. The question is, does it happen before the midterm or not, where that is announcement happens? Uh, uh, they're looking for a crime right now. We've obviously laid, laid that out right here. Are they successful with this in some way? Because they they pulled out everything right now to, to mar this president up, or does he get through this chapter in your heart of hearts here, you think? I, I don't know, Malcolm. I mean, they are so desperate to keep him from running. It's unbelievable. I think they would do just about anything to keep that from happening. I mean, frankly, I, I worry about his very life. Um, I don't think there's mm. anything some people some people wouldn't do to keep him off the ticket. So you honestly think that could go either way? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's I hope I hope they realize from the raid itself that it's done nothing but backfire from him. I think I think he raised more money following the raid than at any prior time um, in in <laughs> in his political history. And the American people they they just expose themselves more every day with how far out of of line and abusive and totalitarian and authoritarian and leftist they are. I mean, listening right now to the conversation, if I play it back in my ear, Sydney, it's a, it's a real sol a solemn moment for our, our nation in the conversations it we're is. having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the The rule of law is is dead right now. Yeah, and it, it needs to be revived and fast. Yeah, 
It's frightful. It's frightful. And to think that in 2014, in your book, The License to Lie, and by the way, that book is surely in Amazon. It's, it's in the America Out Loud bookstore. You'll also find it right on the front page of America Out Loud, as well as you listen to this broadcast today, uh, my friends. Uh, so it, it, where she lays out uh, chapter and verse, some of the corruption, even before we knew some of that corruption was as bad as it is. And by golly, it has gotten worse, as you say there. And it's the same people still doing it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing about it. I mean, when do we fix the system and when are Americans going to have had enough? Uh, the only thing we can hope is that more and more of it's being exposed, as you suggest every day now, that eyes are open and wide here. And 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 hopefully that they've overplayed their hands, Sydney. You know, right. That's what we got to hope for. Yes. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and push back. And the way that's got to start with the midterms and the next few elections, it's not just one election. It's 2022, it's 2024, and it's 2026. These next three or four elections are going to determine whether we're here for the next 200 years, don't you think? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's not just Very one Very important. Yeah. All right, so a couple of the big things. Let's, let, let me, I want to get to this other article in a moment. Before I do, I want to touch on a minute because it kind of plays into this narrative of the election. Well, it definitely does. Big tech and the FBI. So let me read a couple of quotes here. This is about Zuckerberg revealing some very interesting things with uh, on the Hunter Biden laptop story uh, with the Joe Rogan experience. Well, I'll tell you, he's uh, he pulls out some interesting interviews. Uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy says the FBI colluded with big tech to silence news stories weeks before the 2020 election. Of course, we all knew this in an attempt to control your yeah. access to information. Democrats <laughs> in Congress have been intentionally ignoring the facts. When Republicans are back in charge, we will hold them all accountable. Of course, many people would push back and say the Republicans have been very weak and pushing back anything. They but haven't those, done anything. They've done nothing. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's 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 just more rhetoric they throw out there to win election and get it's back a, power. It's, a, yeah. it's one party. It's it's political power versus the American people. It's the globalist political elite and yeah. and those in power versus the American people. Yeah, I'd like to say you're wrong, but I can't because we know that you're correct. And and it's, it spells out in that article I'll touch on in a minute. Let me read you this also. Senator Josh Hawley, uh, Republican out of Missouri, says, um, he said, and I quote, so the FBI preemptively warned Facebook off the Hyder Hunter Biden laptop reporting. The same agency effectively laundered Russian disinfo in the 2016 election in the form of the Steele dossier, which you just mentioned, and later lied to a court to get wiretaps. What's wrong with that picture? And... Uh, <laughs> and, the, and one last one, the Federalist Molly Hemingway says the FBI rigged the 2020 election was her comments, all very appropriate. And this is with Zuckerberg coming out and saying, well, they, they told us about this information so that we would uh, we would uh, sort of uh, censor the story. And, they, and Facebook did censor the story as well as Twitter and everybody else and all, all the. Oh, yeah, they all. Deadline. They all censored it. Ru Rudy Giuliani was doing his dead level best to get the truth out on the Hunter Biden laptop before the election, and it was being censored from every major media outlet. That's that's what they do. That's another form of the fascism we're experiencing now where the government's controlling the media. And that's t totally contrary to our First Amendment. I mean, this is... This is one of the biggest points I talk about all the time, Sydney, and I think it's our undoing, the fact that the media and the oligarchs are running the parade along with the globalists, and they're, sh they're, they're shameless. I mean, they just continue to wreak havoc with our country, and unless America wakes up, we're, we're not going to make 250 years. Yeah, we, we have got to wake up, we're, we're and just this has been going on 
from both parties for a, a long time, Malcolm. As you know, I just wrote an article recently at DefendingTheRepublic.org about how the Republicans uh, and the, the Democrats called out the Republicans for the exact same voter fraud and machine fraud and manipulation back in 2004 in Ohio mm-hmm. that we witnessed in the 2020 election. Yeah, let me talk about that now. Yeah, this article is actually uh, live as you hear this uh, Sunday morning, uh, my fellow Americans. That article from Sidney Powell is right front and center at America Out Loud. It's entitled Democrats Alleged the Same Fraud in 2004 as Republicans in 2020. Uh, Americans' election system is broken. What I really like about this piece, what you do, Sydney, is you peel you peel the onion very effectively, and you talk about the fact that again in 2004 that was the Bush uh, they pushed against that, and then the same thing happened in 2020, and you call out the entire system and say it's busted, it's broken, let's fix it. Uh, talk about that so uh, people understand the importance of this message you put out. This is big. Well, I've continued to dig into uh, election fraud since we concluded our election fraud cases per se, just on my own personally researching these issues, because I I know it's gone back a long time. And what I'm finding is definitely bearing that out and reinforcing the notion that there is a uni party. So it turns out that in Ohio in 2004, and we had to go into paper archives to, to find this information, the Democrats alleged that George Bush, Dick Cheney, Carl Rove, Ken Blackwell, and others participated in a conspiracy to change votes, flip votes, uh, erase or falsify electronic audit trails, uh, just insert secret operating code in the computer software. Everything we alleged happened in the 2020 election they alleged first in 2004 with respect to the election in Ohio. And they say that at least 130,000 votes were taken from the Kerry Edwards ticket and given to the Bush-Cheney ticket in Ohio alone. And this strikes me as particularly appalling given how many Democrats and even Karl Rove came out on Fox News to call me a crazy, you know, whack job or something for making these allegations when the same allegations were made by the Democrats and against Karl Rove and company back in 2004. And there was a lawsuit about it. And the Democrats uh, or the Republicans wanted the Democrat lawyers sanctioned for raising these issues. And of course, the Democrats have come after us heavy, huge, seeking sanctions against us, trying to get us disbarred and everything else. But the, even some members of the January 6th committee now wrote an amicus brief in support of denying sanctions that were sought against the Democratic lawyers in 2004. So the whole thing is, is reversed. And for them to be calling us crazy now and, and trying to get us disbarred, I just had to testify this week in front of the Texas bar, which is trying to take my law license because I filed the election lawsuits. And the the lawfare has just gone off the charts. There's even a group called the 65 Project that's a nonprofit C3 with charitable deductible contributions being made to it, whose sole goal is to destroy 111 of us 
who filed lawsuits following the election. That's what we're fighting. And they're very well funded, among other things. Yeah. But it, it is just beyond ironic that the Democrats were alleging the same things in 2004 and opposing sanctions, successfully opposing any sanctions being uh, imposed against the lawyers who allege that. And I think we need to seriously consider the fact that the lawyers who made those allegations back then may have been right. And an investigation should be done of the entire entire system. But right. one of the things I found in my research is that the government itself funded patents for uh, real-time monitoring of an election, for inserting false voters into the voter database, and for predetermining the outcome and an algorithm that can predetermine the outcome of an election. So I think that one of the the big reasons we're having so much trouble with this is because there's a substantial government component behind all this corruption as well. Yeah. You know, this is the thing I like about this post. You, you say here, how long has computerized voting and vote counting to defraud Americans of their sacred votes and install whomever the puppet masters refer to as president of the greatest power on earth, which is really what we're dealing right now with Biden. Everybody's questioning exactly that statement you put out there. Who are the oligarchs making these decisions? And but you're the crux of this, which you've repeated several times to listeners, and you you continue to stay on this, and you're one of the very few who say this that I hear out there. You say, until we get paper ballots back here and counted and citizen voter identification, we delude ourselves by thinking we have a republic or that we the people are electing our leaders. Exactly. And it's at every level of elected leadership. We don't know who there is actually there right now because we, the people, elected them. We are, and that's yeah. why Trump was such an aberration. That's yeah. why they went so ballistic yeah. when when he won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's why their mouth, their mouth, their mouth dropped on the floor. You've seen that in the videos. They were aghast at the thought that this outsider could get into the DC Beltway. Right? That's what happened. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody they didn't control. Yeah, he wasn't part of the establishment at all. He was a total outsider, and uh, they didn't like that at all. And this is somebody who gave to both parties, and you know, uh, you know, toyed with them over the years, but never thought he would run, and then he did. Uh, he's become iconic in that way at this time, probably because Trump is, as I suggest to listen as often, Sydney, he's more brazen. He has more than just courage. He's actually brazen at this point of his life. And like, there are a few people like that who are willing to put it out there no matter what the stakes are. He's one of those guys, isn't he? Yes, to, for, for the most part, there are things I still wish he had done while he was in office, but he, he did the best he could given the people he was surrounded with who were working against him at every turn as best I could tell. Yeah, that that's uh, what you say right there is exactly how I would say it, probably. I, I feel the same way. I think he did what he thought he could do. We do wish he was able to uh, disrupt and more dismantle uh, some of this uh, bureaucracy in there. But the leaks and the whistleblowers through all those agencies, they tried to undermine him throughout the entire episode of the four years in the in the uh, White House. And this what became a cat and mouse game over many, many years is what happened. Uh, let's save some time and talk about what happened in Wisconsin. This is pretty big news. And it is a, a, a big news story that you just won denial of sanctions in Wisconsin. And uh, so this is a big story. Tell us about it. Yes, it is. The federal court in Wisconsin just denied Governor Evers' motion for sanctions against us. 
and held that our case was not frivolous or for delay, that it was a, a valid filing, essentially, and she denied sanctions in, in every respect. So that is a huge step in the right direction by a federal district court. Absolutely. And that we would have been entitled to, and she also held we would have been entitled to an evidentiary hearing had there been something, if she had had jurisdiction and needed to proceed with a, anything. Well, congratulations there. To say is one more uh, victory forward, isn't it? Yes. One, one step at a time, they say. Is that it? <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, you got a journey ahead as they're trying to pull your license and trying to, which is what happens in these kind of cases. I guess they're threatened by the truth. Is that is that the underlying message, Sydney? They are completely threatened by the truth, and they want to destroy in every way anyone who stands up to them. Yeah, it appears to be that way. I, I think this, I think everybody should understand and leave this conversation, understand that. And, and I, I think you probably agree with this, Sydney, is this is not really a fight of Democrat and Republican any further. It hasn't been for some time, actually. This is this is a much bigger fight than that. This is a distraction that's being used, the Beltway Democrat-Republican conversation. You hear the words uniparty, all of that. It really is a broken system entirely. And it's a it's a mark against our constitution and our values as Americans, uh, you have a globalist movement that is clearly in play to take down the United States. I think all the stories lead to the same conclusion, Sydney. And the more that Americans wake up to that point, because I didn't buy into that theory for many years, by the way, I never, I, I never drank that. I didn't that. either. Uh, you didn't either. Okay. Well, I didn't play that Kool-Aid. Yep. I never drank that Kool-Aid. And, but now the evidence is the evidence. I can't lie about what it is in front of us. And I have a hard time you know, not speaking, I, I got to speak the truth. And so it is a movement that's happening. All, uh, you know, levers point to that. To, you know, are we, are Americans waking up to that truth right now that I say, I mean, do we believe they are? Oh, I think they're definitely waking up to that truth. I have not yet gotten to watch Mike Lindell's uh, moment of truth presentation over two days, but I know from little clips I've seen that there is a lot of good information there and I would encourage everyone to watch it and, and factor that into everything that we're dealing with. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, Sydney Powell, thank you uh, for bringing your voice out there. And that article, again, um, is on the front of America Out Loud. You'll see it. Uh, Democrats alleged the same fraud in 2004 as Republicans in 2020. She lays out case in point, a very compelling argument, I'm telling you. And as any good attorney, she crosses the T's and dots the I's. All the evidence is there in that piece. It's a hell of a read. Uh, go read it and you'll be educated no matter what you thought about what took place. Read that piece and see. Uh, Sydney's book, License to Lie, is in the America Out Loud bookstore. Of course, it's on Amazon or anywhere books are for sale uh, as well. And you can check that out as well, uh, my friends. Uh, listen, we're going to move the program along right now. And, and uh, coming back to us up the top of the program there, uh, very interesting piece here uh, with Jordana Schifanelli, who, man, she is a fireball, I have to tell you, who's running, of course, the Lieutenant Governor with Dan Cox on the ticket in Maryland here, another attorney and adjunct professor of law uh, and economics at U.S. Naval Academy. She'll be back on with us in a moment. Stay right there, friends. More Viewpoint in just a moment. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA. 
and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the CopixRx banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to Viewpoints this Sunday. It is Malcolm Outloud, yours truly, and uh, always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans, and what a powerful broadcast today. And how would it not be with these two extraordinary women, very accomplished, uh, successful uh, attorneys both, and uh, I knew coming into today it was going to be just an incredible broadcast and a privilege for me to be able to talk to these folks and to bring them to you here. Uh, we're back now with Jordana Schifanelli, who we started the program with. And just to remind you, Jordana is an attorney. Uh, she's an adjunct professor as well. Uh, she is running for lieutenant governor of the state of Maryland, which you picked that up, I'm sure, in the first part of the broadcast. And um, which, by the way, RestoreFreedoms.com, and she's running with Dan Cox on their ticket. Uh, they are really trying to transition the state of Maryland and bring it back uh, from the uh, uh, the precipice of uh, destruction there, well, like a lot of our states that are struggling with this left Marxist agenda there. Uh, Jordana, I want to jump right back into now this. I want to talk to you about this affidavit and uh, Mar-a-Lago, uh, President Trump. Now, uh, Trump and his legal team argued that um, that uh, Trump had blanket authority to declassify any and all documents he wanted. Here's the point I want to make with you. They say any document found at Mar-a-Lago was declassified by his order. Now, this is kind of going to be the sticking point of this whole thing, because right now they're trying to pin something on, on the president, the former president, very clearly. Uh, call this what you want, but they're obviously trying to find something to be able to pin on him. But the president has the power to classify and unclassify anything. I would imagine Trump has crossed his T's and dotted his I's, I would guess by now. But if that's the case, how will they, I'm not understanding, if you can, maybe you can help us shed some light. What are they really up to? And how do they weave this, uh, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying, this this uh, corruption here where they're trying to find something, but yet the president had the authority to, to unclassify all that. How does this work? Back again to the political persecution. In fact, we are the nation of asylees who flee Central and Latin America due to political persecution. That That's not prosecution. There's a difference between persecution and prosecution. Prosecution is when you commit a crime and you're prosecuted. Persecution is when the government uses its political power to find the crime and back to the old communist dis discussion we had earlier. Find me the man and I will find you the crime is the, you know, 100 years old wow. communist wow. mantra. So find me the man. They found it. They're going to find the crime. What is really critical to know is that President Trump and the National Archives had worked. The team, as the president was leaving the White House, had worked together to take like personal mementos, pictures, gifts. You know, Melania's underwear cannot possibly be something that <laughs> our FBI agents are interested in. But I don't know. Let's 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 just pause about Melania's underwear for a moment. What are we looking for? These are called witch hunt. Find me the man. They found it. Now they're going to try to find the crime. There is no crime. That's my point. What? Why am I saying this? It's because the declassification happens by the by automatically under by the operation of law. And what does that mean? When the president takes his boxes. Now, first of all, 
I don't even think he was the one bending down, picking up boxes and, you know, putting stuff in one box versus another. So that could be a team of White House employees that have done this for so many presidents in the past. That's why I'm saying this is a political witch hunt again. Just like Russia, Russia, Russia has nothing to do with legality of any kind of statutory violation, because once the one on the moment when he pulls those boxes, takes them into and the boxes are stored into Mar-a-Lago, that is the operation of he declassified them by the operation, by taking them out from the classification uh, uh, realm, I guess, into the declassification realm. And he puts them there. He's not the one telling them, okay, put them here, put them there. Right, right. This is his White House team. When National Archives have done their search and say, okay, we need these documents, we need those documents, they have been working since two, now two years now, after you know January 19th, when Biden took office, everything had to be moved from President Trump transferred to President Biden. And that's what they've done to so many presidents in the past. Yeah, the yeah. statutes that they are listing when you look at the section of 18 USC code, mm-hmm. it reminds me of somebody should have applied that code to Hillary Clinton, not President <laughs> Trump. Because she does not have uh, the power to yeah. declassify. Yeah. He yeah. does, because yeah. he's the president. This is another political witch hunt yeah. in the it's American a two, people. Yeah, it's a two-sided political contest, isn't it, always, Shortana? It's just this always shit. goes back. I, and, you know, I think no. Trump made that big mistake. He should have applied and instructed his FBI and Department of Justice to use that very code when Hillary bleached bitted her server. Well, you know, there was a lot of talk about that. And we talked about it the other day. He sort of, and Republicans tend to do this to their demise. They look the other way uh, when, uh, you know, there's a a crime or they don't follow through. And I think it's, I I don't know why exactly. This could be because of the public pressure, the media, the media expose that they put out constantly. I don't know. But clearly that what you just say, a lot of people would agree with you that he should have lowered the hammer and went right after her with that code. And yeah, because that was legitimate right there. That really did happen. She reached this. She uh, she destroyed. She had stuff in her closet. I mean, come on. We know what happened there. It's insane. Now, Judge Reinhardt ruled that the nature of the highly sensitive documents the government was working to get back from the president could also remain secret. So in other words, we still don't know what they're after. And the judge said they can keep that secret still. So it's still kind of an, uh, a witch hunt to be able to find something. We don't know what the hell they want to find, but something, I guess. But that's been the whole nature of getting Trump from the beginning, Jordana. They never had a crime, but they continued to Russia, Russia, Russia it and look for it and made a spectacle of the Russia relationship with the United States. This is a lot of damage to our republic. And I think that's the crux of what you were just talking about, correct? Absolutely. So when you have someone, you know, that you're trying to to pin down, it's and every all of your listeners can identify with, you know, you're driving on the highway and there's like police officer behind you. Right. And you're mm-hmm. driving and you're driving and you're driving. And God forbid you waver or you and you're, you're taking the exit, you cross so exit, you cross like a line, maybe a yellow line, the shoulder line. Boom, you get pulled over. And the officer says, let me test you for the DUI. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is what I'm talking about. You have to have a probable cause. And what that means is not just your suspicion. It's not reasonable, uh, articulable suspicion. That's enough to pull you over. 
But the probable cause goes beyond that you are suspecting. You have to have more than just a hunch that crime has been committed, number one, and number two, that this particular person has committed it. We can't have this witch hunt over and over again because we don't like Trump. So therefore, he must have committed crime. They were going after his taxes. They were going after his family. They were going after Russia, Russia. They were actually, manip- they, were ma- they were manufacturing a crime with Russia collusion. And Adam Schiff was all over the paper in the last you know, four or five years. He was talking about Russia, 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 only to find out that they made the whole thing up and nobody got prosecuted. No No one has been charged for, quote, lying to the FBI. And boy, did they not lie in making Mm. things up about Russia at the same time with Hillary Clinton. Now, what Trump said regarding why he didn't go after Hillary Clinton, he said that one of his rallies, she's been through a lot. So let's move forward. (laughs) Well, he was trying to take the country forward, I guess, right? Right. So that's exactly he was trying genuinely yeah. to go yeah. forward. In, yeah. And what does that mean? Fixing mm. the economy, fixing mm. the border. That's right, like right. number one. Right. He had his mind, okay, I, I won. They can scream, jump with the pussycats upside down, side and around in D.C. for a while. They'll calm down. Mm-hmm. But what Trump forgot is that this is ideological war. It's not one of those... Uh, temper tantrums that left often goes and then it kind of moves forward this is be this group the temper tantrum moved into a psychological warfare against our country constitution bill of rights and our foundation the left had moved forward the republicans remained static they need to be addressing two-tier justice system. They have to go and follow this through. And they're not aggressive at all, Jordana. They're not. not. Looking at Congress and looking at, uh, you know, these Republicans, they're just not. I I don't know what it is. It's like they're asleep at the wheel. They're not paying attention. That's that's another conversation we need to have on another day. Uh, What is the website, by the way, for the campaign with you? Did I give that property or is there another website uh, for you and Dan Dan Cox? Nope. Yeah. So dancoxforgovernor.com is the website for Dan Cox. My website is restorefreedoms with an S.com. Restorefreedoms with an S. Okay. Individuals perfect. can go. Yeah. Individuals can donate under Maryland law up to $6,000 per person to each. Dancoxforgovernor.com and restorefreedoms.com. And, uh, and we beg for, for donations at this point because for whatever reason, Democrats' campaign funds are five, six, seven million dollars full. And mm. Republicans wow. are always running underfunded and trying to move them well, down. I- isn't that outside influences? A lot of this money, I think, is outside influences coming in, isn't it? That well, do that? Yeah. Well, California, number one, uh, is the major donor to yeah. uh, our opponent, Wes Moore. And uh, New York, I mean, the two most liberal states in the union, Uh, They are donating, but uh, that's why your program is so great, because it uh, gives us a window to everybody in the United States. Please help us out. I heard, and I don't know if that's true, that Maryland is, uh, you know, gone, done. Everybody Mm. gives up on Maryland. I would not, uh, I wouldn't be here if I believed that. We can't give up Mm. on any state. I mean, from Delaware to Maryland, we have to fight for every citizen, every child, and every state. Amen. Jordana Schifanelli, thank you. 
You're welcome. All right, right, my friends, Jordana Schifanelli and uh, Sydney Powell, what a program. I mean, my God, you should be, well, should have a jump in your step, be inspired a little bit here uh, to see what, uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of work cut out, but there also is a lot of uh, smart people out there that are trying to fix this thing. And that's the key to all of it. My friends, thank you for joining me on the mission here on Viewpoint this Sunday. Remember, it's time to get involved and get loud, America.